For people living with diabetes, foot care is essential to avoid complications that can affect mobility, such as amputation. Learning about foot care and having access to care are all important elements of amputation prevention. I'm Krista Lam, and today on the Diabetes Canada podcast, I'll be talking to Dr. Zaina Albalawi about how people with diabetes can better manage foot care. Dr. Albalawi is an assistant professor at Memorial University and an endocrinologist in St. John's, Newfoundland. She is also the co-author of the foot care chapter in Diabetes Canada's 2018 Clinical Practice Guidelines for the Prevention and Management of Diabetes in Canada. Welcome to the show, Dr. Albalawi. Thank you, Krista. It's a pleasure to be here and always excited to speak about foot care and have a great discussion. Wonderful. Well, I think the first thing we should talk about, because people might not know this, is why are people with diabetes more at risk for issues with their feet? For sure. So people with diabetes are at risk for a number of different complications. And one of what we call the microvascular complications is neuropathy. And this comes in different forms, one of which is peripheral neuropathy. So with the elevated glucose levels and through other mechanisms, uh, they're at risk for their nerves being affected because of their underlying diabetes. And sometimes this can present before their actual diagnosis of diabetes, but it's quite common. And more than 50% of people with diabetes will actually have or experience peripheral neuropathy. And what that means is that they may have reduced protective sensation on the bottom of their feet, putting them at risk for injuring their feet and not really realizing it or having, you know, simple trauma that for anybody without diabetes or neuropathy, really, you know, they'll heal from it and bounce back. Whereas in somebody with diabetes and peripheral neuropathy and other complications may result in an ulcer, which is usually the stepping stone for an infection and an amputation. I know that people find amputation to be a really scary thing. It's considered the most feared complication. But for someone living with diabetes who's listening and is wondering what they could potentially do to sort of offset this, are there ways that they can be checking their feet or things that they should be looking? Yeah, no, I echo what you said exactly, Krista. I mean, many people have expressed that they fear amputations from literature and from recent studies more than they fear death. And it's no surprise with the impaired quality of life, the dependency that comes with it and, and limitations to daily activities. So the good news is, and the flip side to the story, is that 80% of amputations are preventable. And, you know, we're going to go over them here today, but they are really some, uh, some simple steps. Some of them are at the individual level and others are at a system level. And so we'll, we'll talk about some of those over here. So there are five principles regarding foot care, and it starts with screening. So we can't really prevent something that we're not aware is there. And so screening is standard for diabetes care, where every individual with diabetes, uh, type 2 diabetes specifically, needs an annual foot screen. And for people with type 1 diabetes, after five years of their diagnosis, will need a foot screen. So it's a specific uh, diabetes exam, involves looking at the feet, but also testing for circulation, checking pulses, as well as uh, loss of protective sensation, looking for deformities and any early signs or what we call pre-ulcerative lesions that may need to be addressed. So that's the first one, screening. Uh, and then if there are any abnormalities, then uh, people will require screening earlier. So maybe every three to six months or more frequent than the annual assessment. Second is at an individual level, which includes regular inspection. And that is really kind of uh, looking at one's feet on a daily basis to look between the toes for any early signs that may put them at risk for ulcers. So those would specifically be calluses, blisters, 
increased temperature or areas of friction that may be from footwear. And the point over here is really early detection. So similar to heart attacks where, you know, time is muscle and similar to stroke, uh, time is also tissue when it comes to feet. So the earlier we can pick those up, the earlier we can intervene, the lower the risk of an amputation or a more complicated infection. The third principle is education. And that's no surprise. It's foundation to many aspects of diabetes care. And it's been studied extensively in foot care as well. So education about foot care and Diabetes Canada has a wonderful resource, a one pager on do's and don'ts. And I like to cover common myths over there for people. So not walking barefoot at home and walking in socks is considered barefoot. So making sure there's appropriate footwear indoors and outdoors. And I make sure that the footwear itself has, you know, good wet width and depth uh, to avoid any friction there. And having either written information or online information and just reinforcing that regularly. And mainly with that 80% is preventable with those principles. So the fourth principle is footwear. So ensuring two main components, people routinely wear appropriate footwear. And the second one is the appropriateness of the footwear, which addresses any altered pressure points on the bottom of their feet. And the fifth principle is treatment and specifically timely treatment of risk factors for ulceration. So these are the key five principles that, you know, from a individual and person system level uh, are needed. And, you know, there is strong evidence to show that multidisciplinary teams are having that coordinated pathway to bring those all together in a standard fashion is desirable ultimately to help minimize the fragmented care and gaps, which not only here in Canada, but across the world have been a challenge in this field. And that brings to mind a few other questions that I have about this topic, which is, should your healthcare provider, if you are living with diabetes, be checking your feet when you go in because maybe you miss something or you're not quite sure what you're looking for? Is this something that you should anticipate? Yeah. So we very much encourage people to be aware that they need a foot exam once a year. And yes, that can be done by their family doctor. It can be done by diabetes educators, which, you know, spans across uh, nurses, dietitians, pharmacists, and other healthcare providers. It can also be completed by podiatrists in the community who are very skilled and well-trained in this area. So in general, a healthcare provider along those lines. And I encourage people to take their socks and shoes off. I know not many people are comfortable with that, but I always tell people when they apologize, oh, I didn't look at my feet today or, or cut my toenails. I say, you know what? Checking feet saves feet. Let's do this. Yeah, I think that's a wise thing to tell people because we all do feel a little uncomfortable going to the doctor's office and taking off our socks. So I, I completely... Absolutely. Very understandable. Yeah, I completely understand that. Now, for people who might be curious about coverage... So I worked for a little while with an organization that used to provide foot care for low-income seniors with diabetes because they had this fear that they wouldn't be able to afford foot care, that if they had to pay for it, they weren't going to go and get it. And so are, do you see barriers like that across Canada, or is that sort of like with getting your eyes checked where we think it's not covered, but if you have diabetes, it is covered? That's a very good question, and it is different. I don't think we are where we need to be. So in terms of the screening, obviously that's pretty standard across, but when it comes to the specifics that you're referring to, which are, let's say, nail care and cutting in an appropriate way to reduce complications, or for example, debridement, if there is a callus that needs to be maintained, or looking at custom orthotics and footwear, not all of those are routinely covered across different provinces in Canada. So as a first step, I would suggest, you know, speaking with your healthcare provider about what might or might not be covered. So in many provinces, podiatry care, which is generally the specialized foot care, 
that you may get encompassing all those services is not routinely covered. My personal opinion, I think it should be. I think we just need to build the evidence over there, which, you know, there is still quite a bit. The second thing is looking into resources with Wounds Canada, which has been a great collaborator and actually leader in the field of uh, diabetes foot care across the country. So they're trying to put together uh, different centers that provide foot care for people with diabetes. So that might be one place to start. And then looking into checking with your provincial coverage with seniors. So I know, for example, in Newfoundland, we had a recent uh, investment of about close to $400,000 for specifically seniors because of that. But I think every province is different, but um, knowing what benefits may come with it. And I think I just wanted to add over here is, yes, you know, it is an added cost. And I think the literature does show that the out-of-pocket expense with diabetes exceeds what is accepted. So it's more than 3%, which is typically more than $1,500. And, you know, it is a real uh, issue. Uh, some provinces have incorporated some provincial programs to cover foot care for people who meet certain criteria. So I'm familiar, Alberta, for example, has that specific program, but they have to be part of a foot care program or, or meet certain criteria. So I would say check with your local uh, health care providers on what is available. Yeah, that's always so important because the thing with Canada is you can go cross country and find a completely different system in each one of the provinces. So my next question sort of comes from that, though. What do you see as people having in terms of barriers to getting their feet checked? Because I know that we all think it's a really important thing and we think it's a really good idea and that it's critical for amputation prevention. But what are some of the barriers that we think systemically need to change in order to have more people getting access? Right. So again, I think it, that spans over individual and system challenges and barriers. Um, so one, from an individual perspective, it might be the education and the awareness that, you know, foot ulcer or foot, or foot callus is actually quite serious. So maybe I'd start over there and, um, you know, we have some building and growing uh, area and the evidence showing that once somebody has an ulcer, it is associated with a risk of a higher risk of death of about 30% five years after their ulcer. So it is very serious. And the risk of death at uh, three years is about 70% after an amputation. So I think the knowledge and raising awareness about it. The second thing would be access to care. Well, actually, maybe I'm going to take a step back here, but first of all, screening. So we also have some growing evidence that at least about 60% of people with diabetes and it differs, you know, based on different resources, uh, have never had their feet checked. So I think we need to start by identifying it. And the third would be access to care. So once, you know, we identify uh, a risk factor, where do we go from here? And there's lots of fragmentation and gaps in care. So I think there's lots of potential over there, uh, you know, which some of the provinces have already led, like Alberta, looking at creating pathways and standardizing care across the province. So having clear pathway so that Whoever finds any risk factor, deformity, or pre-ulcerative lesion, where to go from here and how to access it in a timely fashion. I think the fourth one is going to be cost. We've already touched a bit on that. So part of the care is appropriate footwear. And this can range, you know, just so people are aware, anywhere from $500, that's the average, up to $2,000 or more. And many of our people might be, uh, our people with diabetes and foot complications who need this footwear needed on an annual basis. And they're working, they're trying, you know, to support their families and, and work and some of them need this twice a year. So it does add up uh, quite a bit. From a system perspective, you know, we've touched a bit on podiatry care. Uh, that's certainly a cornerstone in foot care. 
Uh, we have a great model in Alberta where they have vascular surgeons and podiatrists leading a foot care center. You know, they're, they've been publishing uh, about their experiences, so there's lots to learn across. One more really, I think, key factor and barrier, which is specific to a specific group of, of population in Canada, is our Indigenous uh, population. And I think it's similar to other areas of care, uh, just historically, with the discrimination and racism that's happened over time, including, you know, residential schools, as well as the Indian hospitals and so on. And I speak to this also from kind of my, just anecdotally, from my personal experience working in a high-risk uh, foot care clinic, is mistrust. And part of it, you know, a big part of it is obviously, you know, very valid and based on real lived experiences. And I find that it takes time and Indigenous people have a much higher risk, which is honestly quite scary when you look at the, the stats uh, for lower limb amputation specifically. And so I've had the experience of working with a number of them. And from what they've shared, again, anecdotally from the individuals is uh, the lack of trust, stereotyping when they come to actually access care and the suspicion that they might not be getting the best care. Uh, or they may be misunderstood. So I think another barrier is building strong relationships and trust and really focusing on patient care to be able to deliver optimal foot care for people with diabetes across the country. Yeah, and I, I think those are really important things and things that we don't often think about or talk about enough. So I appreciate you bringing that up. One of the things that came to mind while you were talking about this was I know at Unity Health in Toronto, they've been doing a lot of research around collaborative care in the area of foot care and looking at, and it's, they did some studies that were specific to Ontario, but I think you'll know the ones I'm talking about showing that amputation statistics in Ontario, at least, are rising and that having more collaborative systems could help to change that trajectory. Can you speak a little bit about that for people who might find that interesting ways that we could potentially be fixing some of these problems? <laughs> Yeah, I know for sure. We have some great scientists and researchers across the country who are working towards standardizing care. And I think the first step is really to capture the data and the burden. So a group in Toronto with the Gemini database have published some great data looking at the cost, you know, for, from hospital use with an ulcer, which is around $22,000. And then if an amputation occurs, about $48,000. And, and trying, I guess, to build the case that we know this information, we just need to capture it to, to be able to work towards specific pathways and collaborative care so that when somebody presents, no matter where they are, for example, you know, in the northern, southern or central part of the province, they actually receive the same care in a timely fashion. I don't think I can speak kind of in detail about the work there, but maybe I'll leave it. Uh, that might be another opportunity to have uh, the re researchers themselves kind of cast light on, on the great work that they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I've found over the last little while, and in particular talking to different clinicians, is that they are really trying to encourage patients during the pandemic to still come in and see their care provider if they are having an issue. And I can see foot care being one of the areas where people, if you're already hesitant because you're worried about going to a hospital or going to anywhere during the pandemic, what would you say to someone who might be on the fence about whether they should get their feet checked? Yes, I'm so glad that you brought this up because at the beginning of the pandemic, we were hearing from our colleagues where people were coming in and there was no opportunity to salvage or to save the limb. And they were having to go for, you know, above knee amputations, which we know, you know, have higher risks of complications and so on. And it hurts because we know that 80% of those are preventable. And so I think one thing that I'll just share with people about this is if you can envision a staircase 
and let's say we have diabetes at the bottom and this has you know it's not my uh, kind of analogy this has been published uh, the staircase to an amputation um, so you have at the bottom you have peripheral neuropathy and diabetes and then following that at the second step you have an ulcer and after that you have an infection and then following that an amputation and you can see how you know it goes it's pretty tightly linked and so once you know somebody has diabetes we need to already be aware and make sure the screening is in place but once an ulcer is there and i think that's the message you know not to wait or hold off or delay presenting for management of an ulcer because it can go very quickly from an ulcer to an infection and within days or even within a short period to immediately reach the level where it needs amputation to control the infection so we like to you know have that alert even when the pre-ulcerative lesion is there so even if you have calluses that are starting to get stained or building up or blisters that are showing up or you're noticing an increased temperature in your feet absolutely an immediate time to basically seek attention you know whether it's podiatrist or a diabetic foot clinic that's in your area or to the emergency room especially if you have an ulcer or an infection because there is a golden opportunity to treat it and prevent an amputation so that's really good advice if you are someone who is on the fence you should definitely if you think that there is an issue you should go and get it checked and quite frankly having been in a hospital since this pandemic started and having to visit a healthcare provider they are very safe right now and might in fact be the safest place you could be in some cases because they're doing so much to protect everybody who's visiting absolutely protocols are in place and most healthcare providers are now vaccinated and we still keep our distance put our masks on and make sure that we're being as safe as possible to deliver care excellent and so speaking of healthcare providers i always like to ask because i know we have a lot of healthcare providers who are listening is there any advice that you give to others who are maybe a bit hesitant about how to get their patients to get their feet checked or to encourage them. What are some things that healthcare providers can be doing to help make this a better process for the person living with diabetes? For sure. So we definitely don't want to put all the burden or responsibility on people living with diabetes. So it is a shared responsibility. At the end of the day, we're all really focused on delivering optimal patient-centered and patient-partnered care. So basically with that, I think having clear goals, you know, we're quite familiar with our A, B, C, D, E, and three S's with Diabetes Canada. And so part of the uh, screening for complications includes foot care. So verbalizing that kind of initially with the expectations that, uh, you know, asking when was your last foot exam and, and if, they if it has been more than a year to make sure that that's done and just verbalizing that, you know, we're going to have, I'll have you take your socks and shoes off at the end. And I usually mention that early on because then some individuals, I've had at least a handful where they feel incredibly uncomfortable, even when I reassure them about saving feet, where they defer it for that visit, but then they promise to have it at the next visit or so on. So it's fine. You know, sometimes I'll accommodate people's comfort level or so on. So I think just verbalizing it, having it at the forefront of the agenda, and then following that, really just, you know, explaining the, the test. So I find when people understand what's being done and what it means, it becomes more meaningful. So usually at the end of the foot exam, I'll share, uh, you know, you picked up all of the spots with a 10 gram monofilament. Uh, you're at low risk for having an ulcer and amputation in the future. This can change. And so let's, we'll just make sure that in one year we have another one, either myself or any healthcare provider. So hopefully that I find some people find that it's a meaningful uh, way to understand it. And then I find people are actually asking, oh, I think it's been a year since my foot exam. Particularly, it's always at the forefront of patients where 
they worry about it, especially when you meet people who've been newly diagnosed. So I think just mentioning it at the beginning, but then also explaining it afterwards. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what I uh, have for that. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. This has been really helpful and I'm sure people listening will think the same. So thank you so much. It was a pleasure, Krista, and thank you for making time and space on this podcast and for Diabetes Canada uh, for speaking about such an important topic. Thank you. I'm Krista Lamb, and you've been listening to the Diabetes Canada podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe in the podcast provider of your choice. And if you could hit the five stars if you enjoyed this episode, because ratings and reviews do really help other people find the show. If you have questions or comments, you can reach Diabetes Canada on their website at diabetes.ca. Thanks for listening.